Welcome back to another episode of the We Live to Build podcast. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs choose co-founders to help them build their idea, knowing that this person or these people have complementary skill sets. Some of us dream of starting a company with our significant other because we assume our goals are aligned and we understand each other better than if it were a friend or a stranger. While everyone can gain something from this episode, it's really tailored for people who either currently work with their spouse or are thinking about starting a company with their spouse. It's important that you learn how to understand how to make it work, because it's certainly not easy and can result in a failed business or a failed romantic relationship. So thanks to Nellie Acop, CEO and founder of NetCorp, who started a business with her husband, grew it for nine years, sold it to a publicly listed company, and then started NetCorp with him a few years later, and they still run it together after 11 years. Thanks for peeling back the curtain on what it's like to work with your spouse and how to keep it all from going sideways. In this episode, you'll hear us talk about when did you know you wanted to work with your spouse? How did you decide what kind of company to start? Were there any boundaries or splitting of roles from day one? Was it possible to prevent the blurring of work and romance? Why you should seek a couple's therapist? Why you should set boundaries? Why saying no is okay? What did you do to not get on each other's nerves by spending so much time together? And what did you learn from this experience? So thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to We Live to Build. My name is Sean Weisbrot, and I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and advisor based in Asia for over 12 years. Join us every week to fast track your personal growth so you can meet the ever increasing demands of the company or companies you are passionately building. Time waits for no one, so let's get started now. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I have personally failed in this endeavor two times, and I have met people who have failed in this endeavor. So hopefully your experience can help us to do it right the next time or learn that maybe it's not the right thing to do at all uh, for certain couples. Thank you, Sean. So before we get started, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your backstory and what it is you're doing now that makes you the right person to talk about working with your spouse? So it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, and my name is Nellie Acalp. I'm CEO and founder of Corpna.com. I went to law school, kind of did the whole educational track, college, graduate school, got my JD degree, and decided that right out of law school after graduation, entry-level salary for a uh, first-year lawyer wasn't going to really, really suffice and satisfy my taste buds and my lifestyles. At that time, my husband and I were living in a one-bedroom apartment, and we decided, you know what, let's get into business for ourselves. He came up with the great idea of starting businesses online. At that time, it was 1997. The internet was ripe for entry and we had our law degree. We had a lot of experience just coming right out of law school with taking corporations classes and how to start businesses online. So we thought, why don't we take our experience and make the start a business filing process seamless and offer it in all 50 states and make it so that 
not just a few people can benefit from it, but the entire world can benefit from it at a fraction of the cost of what an attorney would charge. So our first company was born in 97. We grew that company to where it was nearly doing a million dollars in gross sales revenues per month. Fast forward to 2005, we were acquired by a publicly traded company. And after the acquisition, my husband and I realized that we no longer had the wingspan and the wherewithals to bring our own entrepreneurial spirit to the table because now corporate America had taken over. So we decided to step down, go under our non-compete, which was a three-year non-compete and focused on our then growing three children, focused on ourselves. And then in 2009, we decided to start all over again with my current company, CorpNet, having all this knowledge all the way from starting businesses down to selling my business. And I've accumulated so much experience and expertise that I'm now considered an influencer in the small business community. Uh, For the purposes of this episode, I want to hone in on your relationship with your spouse. We will talk a little bit more about the selling of the first company and things like that towards the end of the episode. So for now, the first question I want to ask is, was it your idea? or his idea to start that company out of law school? One thing I left out is that I manage and oversee CorpNet with my husband and business partner of over 24 years. His name is Phil. And in answer to your question, Sean, um, it was Phil's idea. Phil was the visionary. Phil's always been the visionary with all of our businesses. He's been my one and only partner in every one of my businesses. And what it came down to was I was working a nine to five job making a measly 12 to 15 bucks an hour. And I remember coming home one day and I was kind of fed up with the fact that he was just sitting home playing video games in his underwear. (laughs) Sorry to be so honest and forward. And I was tired of it because I think we had just gotten engaged. And I remember letting him know that if he really wants to pursue this relationship and make it stronger and get us to the point of me actually marrying him, he, he's going to need to do something more than sitting home in his underwear and playing video games. And it was that moment that he was like, I have this idea and it's about starting businesses online. And I said, okay, great. What's the catch? And he's like, I need a hundred. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, I have to buy this domain name. And he's waiting on a check for me. I have to buy it. I have to pay him a hundred bucks. But I think this is really going to hit big for us. And I didn't even doubt it for a second. I gave it to him. And next thing you know, our first company was born. He's always been the visionary in all of our business dealings. And I think that's really where the magic happens is that he's more the idea guy. He's more the visionary. I'm the one who executes on his ideas because of my background in operations and sales and marketing. It's a really, really good partnership. It sounds to me like he was maybe the CEO and you were the COO of that company. That was exactly right. So with the first company, it was kind of one of those learn as you go type of gigs whereby he was the CEO, he was the president, and I was kind of in the background, and I was kind of his muse. It created issues for us, I won't lie. It created a lot of issues because we were very young, and I felt that I brought a lot to the table, and I wasn't really being rewarded for all of the efforts that I had made. 
I think that created a lot of conflict for us later down the line as we work through our marriage, because every marriage is going to have ups and downs. And at a point, we were seeking therapy. And one of the things that our couples therapist told us was that you guys have to have linear roles where it's equal, but where you're not stepping over each other. That was one of the best advice that we ever got, because at one point, it wasn't linear. And you find yourself in that type of a situation whereby you're doing all the work, but your partner is getting all the credit for it. And it becomes a very toxic and unhealthy situation. Whereas when it's linear and you're working in tandem with each other linearly, it's more of a healthy environment whereby both partners, in my opinion, get to feel like they're bringing something to the table and they're both being rewarded equally for it. What it sounds like is the professional situation became toxic and it affected your romantic relationship, which is extremely important. And I want to talk about that. But before we talk about that part, I want to know how long did it take before you started to feel underappreciated? So let me back up. I wouldn't say it affected our romantic relationship. I think there was a number of different things. Um, we were really, really young and we were trying to have kids at the time. So there was lots of things going on. I think if anything affected our romantic relationship was having uh, twins at the same time and then immediately having a third child, you know? I mean, kids really, really, really affect your relationship. For us, I think um, we've always, from day one, we've always had this pact of work hard, play hard, compartmentalize and make sure we have date night, you know, and I think that's really what has always kept our marriage super, super spicy and fun, you know, and exciting. So with everything going on, we always manage to take time out and have fun along the way. I think one of the things, however, that happens when you work together is that even when you go out, you can't help but bring the business into conversations. That's what really, in my opinion, starts kind of creeping in where you have to maintain really strict boundaries as to keeping it out. Because at one point you look back and you're like, wow, what happened? You know, we're simply business partners or, you know, and best friends, like brother and sister. And then the romance is gone. We were very cognizant of this. And with the first company, I don't even really think we worked that hard. The business kind of grew itself to the point where then the acquisition happened. So in my opinion, really where I saw most of my efforts, most of his efforts, most of the tr struggles, and really the test as to whether our marriage was going to survive was with this company, CorpNet, our current company. Because this is the company that's really, really, really tested our relationship. And really, we went through a lot of trials and tribulations. And knock on wood, we're still here and stronger than ever. You said that at one point you were seeing a therapist as a couple. When you work together as a married couple, I think if anybody works together as a married couple, it behooves you not to have a couples therapist. I think it's very healthy. I believe believe in couples therapy. I believe in therapy in general. And I think especially for a married couple who works together, who parents together, who owns a business together, it's really important that you seek therapy together. 
there's so many issues that come in and they can all be enmeshed. They can all kind of cross. It's important to have a, a third party kind of help you view those issues and try to help you dissect those issues so that you can continue to have a healthy marriage and a healthy working relationship as a couple. So how long were you doing the business together before one of you realized that you needed to start seeing a therapist together? Whose idea was it? And how did you agree upon the right kind of a therapist? Probably the second to last year before we sold the business. And why we decided to seek therapy was because at that point we had children. And now the rules were not only that of a married couple and a working couple, but also as parents who are co-parenting, running a business together and trying to keep a marriage together. So at that point, we felt that it was best for us to seek therapy because, you know, I had just given birth to our twins. I'm sure you've heard what happens when, you know, a a woman gives birth, you go through postpartum depression. And so there was a lot of different things happening. The way we came to who we felt would be a good therapist for us was we interviewed people. What it boiled down to is, did they carry the same values that we had? And were they going to be able to benefit us as a couple in trying to, you know, maintain our value system and also help us? So you had said something else, which was sometimes you felt like you were becoming partner, business partners and losing the romance because of communicating about work a little bit too much. Was there one of you who noticed that this was happening and then expressed this to the other? Did you both notice it at the same time? And how did you come together to agree on ways to stop that from continuing? And how did you keep each other accountable for that? It's a process that takes place. You start seeing differences within each other when you feel that the spark, you know, in the intimate setting is not as spicy, you know, you start wondering, okay, what's going on? You kind of take a step back, you start resenting each other, you're becoming a little less patient for each other. Um, You start snapping at each other. Those are all things that lend its way to kind of the red flags and you go, okay, it's time. Let's take a step back. For us, it was a combination of all those. And also coupled with lack of sleep, being up all night with babies, you know, screaming babies that get up at the same time. You know, twins are not easy, especially my twins, you know, very demanding. When the acquisition took place, it was never expected. We weren't looking at an exit strategy. We never had an exit strategy in place. I think the timing of the acquisition was really perfect for us because it was really a good time for us to kind of step back and really focus on our then growing children and start focusing on ourselves as individuals to live a more healthier life. What other things did you learn about your relationship, about your business, about yourselves as individuals from working with a therapist? Boundaries were one of the biggest tools that we learned about. You know, when you have boundaries, you're living this healthy way of how you want to be treated, how you want to treat others, and how you demand respect for yourself. So I think boundaries are very important, and that's one of the greatest tools that we learned. We also learned that you need to get rid of toxic people out of your life. We learned no is a complete answer. And a decision is an end of a thought. So when you make a decision, stick to it. 
and follow through with it. But I would say the biggest takeaway for us was the fact that as a married couple running a business together, where you, you're both alpha dogs, A-type personalities, you cannot work in an environment where one person is submissive to the other person. You have to work in linear types of relationships where both people have equal footing and both people are working but not managing each other or um, working in the same department and for us that was really easy to follow through with because you know he has a very heavy tech background and you know more marketing and tech and search engine optimization and um, Facebook ad marketing and really bringing the traffic to the website whereas I had more of an operation sales background really working on our sales team our customer service team our operations our customer support. So it was a good partnership for us. And we were able to follow through with those roles that we were told that would work for us. And it would lend itself to us being able to work together. So let's spend a a few brief minutes talking about the selling of the business, joining the corporation, not being happy with it, deciding to quit. We were approached by a publicly traded company and it was first under the guise of, you know, we want to partner with you guys. And soon the conversation turned from one of partnership to acquisition. It was one of the fastest acquisitions that we've ever done. And we started talking in March and escort closed in, I believe it was November 15th. Lots of learning lessons from it. We really saw people's true colors. Cousins and uncles and friends that we never knew of came out of the woodworks, you know. It was a really interesting period in our lives. And for both of us, it really became very apparent that we're real true entrepreneurs. We don't like to be told how to run a business. We don't like to be told what time to come to work, what time to leave. We're really entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are people who really need to be able to spread their wings and do whatever kind of comes to them. When you're owned by another company, it's hard, you know, and you can't really do that. So once the acquisition happened, my husband immediately stepped down. I was unfortunately a little bit more enmeshed with the company. So it took me about four to six months to step down and disassociate with the company. Do I regret how it happened? No. Would I have done things differently? Possibly because they really didn't know how to run that company. They thought they knew. Unfortunately, after the acquisition took place, a few years thereafter, they ended up selling the company to a privately held individual. My husband and I, obviously, we look at it and we go, well, if we had kept our contacts with, you know, the company that acquired us, maybe we could have bought the company back. But I don't regret anything that happened today as I look back at it. Um, And you can sit here and do a bunch of what ifs. But at the end of the day, I think everything unfolded the way it should have unfolded. Because today, with our current company, CorpNet, I'm in a better place than I've ever been. I'm so excited and truly blessed with a team that I get to call my team and really love my company and how it's unfolded and how we're able to service people 
through our service offerings, through our partnerships with our partners, the level of interaction and the breadth of services and how much we get to service not only entrepreneurs, but business professionals through not only our core services, but also through our partner program as well. So you you spent all these years working on yourself before starting CorpNet. What was the most valuable thing that you learned in those years of focusing on yourself? So the biggest learning lesson for me was that I realized I was too passionate and frankly, too young to take on an early retirement and helping people start businesses, inspiring people to go after their own dreams was really something that was exciting to me because I would find myself sitting at people's businesses, helping them build their businesses free of charge because I couldn't charge them because I was under a non-compete. So the minute my non-compete ran out, I realized that this is really something that I am so passionate about. And it's really not considered work because when you're so excited and passionate about what you do, it's not work. Not only you get to have fun, you get to make money and you don't look at it as work. Just like right now, you know, I'm sitting here on this podcast with you. It's almost eight o'clock at night. It's exciting to me because it's my job, but it's not really something I dread doing. I actually enjoy it. That's really what is the biggest revelation for me. And, and, and it really helps me through my life. I guess the message for me here is that when you have something that's so rewarding for you, you make it work. And no matter what your struggles are in life, when you're doing something that is of service to people, that's helping people, that's rewarding, and you enjoy it so much, no matter what your present state is, you're always going to make it through. So having been through one business with your husband, learning about how each other works and how to create boundaries, what is the most important thing you think you learned from those nine years together? And how did that make it easier to start a second company together? The secret sauce to us being able to work together today, having even a better and bigger and more successful company is the fact that we put our egos aside. We come together and we work together collaboratively and really focus on what's in the best interest of our company and what our company needs, what our clients need. And as long as you can maintain healthy boundaries in a healthy environment, anything is possible. How does someone know that the person they're partnered with is the wrong person to start a business with? You're in a romantic relationship and one of them says, hey, let's let's do a business together. How do you know if it's going to fall apart or be successful from day one? How do you know whether to say yes or no to that proposition? You don't. <laughs> I mean, that's simply stated, you don't. Let me, you know, give you the other side of it. How did we know that it was the right move for us is... We met each other in college, you know, in a class that we had together. It was Consumer Behavior because we were both uh, getting our bachelor's degree with an emphasis in marketing. So we were taking a consumer behavior class and we decided to be teamed up together as study partners. So really the foundation started as us being study partners and that evolved into us becoming intimate and becoming lovers and eventually becoming married. So that foundation was always there. So how can people follow up with you then? 
anybody who's interested in learning more about our company, visit us at www.corpnet.com. We're open Monday through Fridays from 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're also on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Corpnet. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to info info at corpnet.com. Again, come check us out. We have tenured business experts who can provide you and guide you with a free business consultation. And uh, it's been a pleasure doing this podcast with you, Sean. Thank you. So if you liked what Nelly had to say, then definitely reach out to her. I'll have all of the ways you can find find out about Corpnet on the show notes at welivetobuild.com slash listen. And don't forget that entrepreneurship is a marathon not a sprint. So take care of yourself every day. And it's okay to work with your partner if you can figure out how to make it work for you. But if it doesn't, then that's okay too. Thank you, Nelly. Thank you. 